0: If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. Portions of the following program were pre recorded. AM570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. In Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570, An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred, Fred Rogan. Fred. Weekdays before Petros and Mike. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peep. An NFL quarterback.
1: Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney.
0: Rodney Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney.
1: Alright, let's do it. Fred Rogan and Jonas Knoxon today for Rodney on AM570 LA. Sport time still in Phoenix. Jonas is still in Thousand Oaks. I want to establish that right off the top. All right.
2: Well, listen, I I think that's good because the people that were listening yesterday could clearly tell that you were dealing with the elements of the desert uh, and I was dealing uh, with the elements of whatever you call this Thousand Oaks weather, which is a little bit foggy in the mornings and then it gets a little bit hotter and then things cool down. So I think it was I think it was noticeable on the on the show yesterday. So I'm glad we were able to clear that up. All right,
1: so I'm in Phoenix, and uh, tonight the Clippers and the Suns play game two of their series. So yesterday I told you I was going to go out and do this story. I thought it'd be really interesting, based on Ty Lue's comments, that everybody in L.A. should congregate and unite and root for the Clippers now since the Lakers were eliminated. So I put on the Phoenix Suns t-shirt, as I told you I would, and I walked around downtown Phoenix, which is by the arena, by the way, And uh, I thought, I'm going to go up and, and talk to some people, and we'll do this bit where I try to convince them to root for the Clippers, even though they're Suns fans. Here's what I learned. Number one, I found one person that lived in Phoenix. I must have seen 200 people, one lived in Phoenix. Another of them from Milwaukee, because the Diamondbacks were playing the Brewers. There was also a sheriff's convention in town, so I ran into some people from that. They were not from Phoenix. So then I had to do something. So then, Jonas, I talked to the people from other cities and gave them Ty Lue's assessment and said, all right, would you root for the Clippers? The coach is encouraging you. Do you want to know what these people, not from L.A., completely unattached to anything had to say? What was that? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That You mean the guy's begging for people to root for them? You mean the guy is actually telling people, please root for our team? And this is coming from people that don't have a dog in the fight. This is coming from people from all over the country. I just explained the situation and said, what do you think? And as they were speaking, at first I thought, ah, you guys are nuts. But when they all said the same thing, I thought, ooh, maybe you have a point. Maybe you should not have the coach of the team telling everybody, it's time for you to root for us.
2: I told you this. Anybody west of Texas A and M University, and which is in the SEC now, which is probably still puzzling for a lot of people, but anybody west of there doesn't buy into this. Hey, cheer for your own if your team gets eliminated. Move. It, it, it's a it's an SEC and mainly an SEC college football thing. It, it does not apply. So Ty Lue, it's a great thought, man. You want the entire city rallying around you. I get all that, but as we discussed yesterday, Fred, there's a little bit of bitterness mixed with some lack of respect for the Clipper franchise because the Lakers have always looked at them like their little brother, and it's not happening. Nobody's doing it. It just It's not the case. You think fans, especially after what the Dodgers did years ago, jumping in the swimming pool there at Chase Field, you think fans last year were watching the World Series in Texas, of diehard Diamondback fans, if those even exist, and they're thinking to themselves, God, anybody but the Rays, let's go Dodgers. It's not happening. They wanted nothing to do with the Dodgers winning a World Series. Come on now. And and if you're a Dodger fan, were you cheering for the Giants to win a World Series back in the day because it was NOS pride? No! Because the Giants treated, and we're going to get into this because I have a theory about this, the Giants treated the Dodgers like the Dodgers are treating the Padres now. All this stuff rolls downhill, and nobody in in L.A. was looking at the Giants back then going, man, if Brian Wilson could just get this one out, our division is a World Series champion. It's not happening. Come on.
1: All right, so game two here tonight. No Kawhi, no Chris Paul. Marcus Moore is a game-time decision, and we will get more into that. Also coming up, and we won't do it now, but we do want to talk about the worst jobs we've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> I've got, I've got one that I think tops your worst job.
2: Okay, all right, listen. Okay. all right, very good. But
1: let's let, let's get to your theory now. Dodgers get beat by the Padres last night. Uh, Julio Urias, that was a rough one for him. And he's been pretty good, but uh, that was a rough one for him last night. Uh, Padres win the first, and when you're in a division situation, it's a two game swing. So that one kind of stung a little bit, Jonas. Let's hear your theory.
2: Well, I just think that first of all, you're gonna get the best shot from the Padres every time because they want to yeah. prove something. All right. And right. so so the Dodgers can be dismissive of this and Dodger fans can be dismissive of the Padres, and I get all that. The Padres have played pretty well, especially the last few times out against the Dodgers. It's just, you know, the other games the Padres are kind of a you know, hit or miss on. They are they are so fired up for this, and they are so ecstatic about this idea that they're a part of a rivalry that it feels like these games matter a lot more to the Padres than they do to the Dodgers. I'm not saying the players aren't trying to win. I'm not saying the Dodgers don't want to win these games, but it is but it is a real celebration when the Padres do something well against the Dodgers, and it just feels a little bit like back in the day when the Giants were winning the quote-unquote big games, but the Dodgers Dodgers were trying to win these regular season battles, and the Giants just kind of dismissed them a little bit. It's got a little bit of that feel to it to me.
1: Yeah, here's the danger in that. And I think it's safe to say, because in Los Angeles, we have said it, "Oh, these games mean more to the Padres. Okay, that's one thing if the Dodgers are 12 games up in the division. But they're not 12 games up in the division. Right. And they're having a good year. Certainly not a great year yet. There's a long way to go. And hopefully things are going to pick up for them. But, I mean, they're in the conversation. They're in the hunt. They're fine. But you can't, if you're a Dodger fan, given the way things are right now, sit and say, that means Dods Because now uh, it means they're, they're equally as important to both teams.
2: The problem is, is that because the Dodgers have made these deep runs, I don't think fans panic the way that we assume fans are going to panic. And whether that's just arrogance because they assume, oh, well, you know, we're going to get these guys back healthy, uh, and we're going to still make a deep run, and we've got the pitching and all that to get it done. Like, I still feel like Dodger fans look at a game like last night in which Urias gives up the you know, the the runs early, they go down early, and then he settled himself, so give him credit for that. He did settle himself before he came up. I gave up the two-run bomb later on. I think they look at a game last night and go, enjoy it while you can because you guys are going to be an afterthought when the, once the playoffs roll around. I just And, and whether that bleeds into how the, the team feels about it, at some point, competitors, and you know this, Fred, you've been around enough of these guys, at some point... They can all say, oh, we don't care. It's not the most important game in the world. We're focused on bigger things. And then all of a sudden, it starts to matter. We see it in all-star games all the time to where everybody's goofing around and playing grab ass. And then next thing you know, the eighth or ninth inning rolls around and everybody wants to win. Or it's the fourth quarter with four minutes left. And Kobe decides, I want to guard LeBron. It's just, this happens. Fans of the Dodgers look at this, though, and go, hey, man, we're still celebrating a World Series ring. These guys can can have all the regular season trophies they want when it comes to the postseason. We're not going to sweat it. It's the way it is,
1: yeah, okay. Well, if Dodger fans are looking at it like that, stop doing that. I mean, like I, stop doing that right now
2: i I mean come on, Fred but this is this is the way of that world though I mean when you when you get to celebrate and stuff like that like they're still basking in the glow of the first world series here Here's what I would say. I would challenge Dodger fans with this. Yes, you are World Series champions. Right. But it's not like they played any of those games at Dodger Stadium. I mean, if I were you, I would hold their feet to the fire. I would say until we get a World Series tie, uh, World Series games in front of our very eyes that we see them close the deal on, we're not going to be satisfied. That's what I would do. I, I, w- I would, you know, it's like the old, uh, the old trick where you put a dollar bill on a string, uh, fishing wire in the street, and you throw it out there, and you see which moron chases it into traffic like they're playing human Frogger. You know, like if you, <laughs> if, if you're the Dodgers, just, just put a World Series ring on on a string and just say this could be yours, this could be yours. Hold us to a higher standard so we're not mailing it in in games against San Diego because we're focused on what's going to be the big picture in the World Series.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're mailing it in. I, I don't. I think there are some issues that need to be addressed. There always are during a very long season. Uh, one of them is they they're not hitting again. yes you know they have made they have made a career since Andrew Friedman has been here and Dave Roberts has managed. Of just beating up mediocre pitching. They're terrific at that. They, they may be the best in baseball. They grind you, they wait, they force you into mistakes, and then they let you have it. Again, against good pitching, it has been a little different. And that's what we saw last night. You, Darvish, uh, look, to me he's public enemy number one. Because of what he did in the World Series. Got to tell you, though, the guy, aside from that World Series performance at Dodger Stadium, is pretty good. And he had their number again last night. And good pitching, and you can argue, Jonas, well, good pitching always, always is tough to hit. Yeah, but if you are a champ, if you are the defending champs, one of the best teams, you got to figure out a way to piece together some runs. And that was the problem. They don't hit. It's feast or famine. And you know what? We could have had this conversation last year. We could have had this conversation the year before. It's the exact same thing. With the Dodgers, it's feast or famine. And that's something that's got to be corrected.
2: Well, look, they've got to get healthy again. I know Muncy is the plan is to bring him back. Uh, I think uh, tonight, tonight, hopefully, um, Bellinger, what's the plan? Tomorrow? I Tomorrow. I there's some, some discussions yeah. there. Uh, and then, you, you know, Seager, uh, can, you know, it seems like every year there's something that pops up with Corey Seager, and he goes down and has some sort of an issue, but he was a monster in the postseason last year. So I, if I were them, I'm not going to panic anytime soon. Because here's a, here's a couple of things, and we've already seen this play out. And we could probably get into this later on you're already seeing what a fiasco this checking for foreign substances thing is everybody's going to do it everybody's going to do it everybody's going to want somebody checked I, and i think part of this is them just teasing each other at this point because everybody realizes this is ridiculous and what are we doing but if they I do- want you checked today i want you checked well, I mean, listen. You know, if you could, if you could find uh, this place, Fred, behind all the, uh, the you know the gated community uh, here in the uh, slums of Thousand Oaks. I mean, if you could find this all the way from your uh, your lavish setup there in studio in Scottsdale. Which, by the way, no Phoenix Suns throwback shirt today. Uh, Fred is in a full uh, tux, a full suit and tie. Uh, I, I don't know where it is you're going. If you're going to be celebrated again like you were at the awards show a couple of years ago in Southern California by the broadcasters here, but Fred Rogan is all is all dapper and he is uh, dressed up to the nines here. but if you see this is what I want to watch. For all the teams that say like the Dodgers, we need to get a bat at the deadline. We need to go out and get a bat. I actually want to see how this plays out because if they really do start eliminating these substances, I want to know what the be- what the hitting numbers are going to be like over the next couple of weeks. Because if that really was that much of a detriment to offense and baseball, then maybe the Dodgers are going to be fine. And maybe you don't need to do something drastic at the deadline. You can add a couple of pieces, but you don't need to make a blockbuster move. That combined with the fact that you're hopefully going to get healthy again, and these guys are going to get back into the lineup. As we mentioned, Muncie tonight, Bellinger tomorrow. If that's the case, no need to panic, man. We're, we're okay. It's not even Fourth of July yet, and Fred Rogan wants to tear down the entire franchise and move the Angels into Dodger Stadium. And I don't know if you guys heard the same thing I just heard, but that's how I took it from Fred Rogan all the way there in in Phoenix, like the traitor he is.
1: Okay, well, first of all, you did not hear that. <laughs> it wasn't even remotely close.
2: Yeah, but it's sports oh, radio. You just insert whatever you think you heard, and then you start a fake topic. You know, it's fake argument guy. Yeah, that's how it works. No,
1: no, no. I understand. No, I, I am not suggesting any of that. But what I am, and I'm not suggesting to panic. I'm not saying that either. But I think you just have to be realistic here. You have to be realistic, and you have to understand that a game against the Padres, where we might go, well, it means more to San Diego than it means to the folks in L.A., it it probably needs to mean the equal amount now. It's about even. They're important games now. It's a two-game swing within the division. I get basking in the afterglow of the World Series. I understand the analogy of the, the dollar bill on the fishing line and chasing it and getting people. Here's the thing about professional sports. It's why the Dodgers are actually built correctly. And it's why Los Angeles is different than Cincinnati. You win one in Cincinnati, you're good for 10 years. You are good for 10 years. This is great. We got one. Lakers won one. Okay, that bought them a year. But in Los Angeles, in competitive marketplaces, getting one, you've got to be almost there again the next year. And the way the Dodgers are constructed, there's no rebuild here. They don't rebuild. They reload. They scout, they develop, they develop their own, they bring them up, they plug them in, and they should be able to maintain. And that's my point here. Just because you won last year, that's great. Everybody celebrate. It's this year. Getting it last year was great, but now what have you done for me lately? That's why I think the games in San Diego are so important now. And that's why I don't just think you can go, eh, it's more important to them than it is to us. No, I think it's important to both of us now, Jonas.
2: Yeah, but but I do feel like they're a little bit more charged up for these games than the Dodgers. Now, listen, the competitive side of this, as we said, the competitive side of this, the Dodgers at some point are going to wake up, and it could be tonight and just say, man, enough with this crap. I mean, a- a- enough with this. Let's establish dominance again, and let's show these guys who's boss and, and get out there and-, and-, and make it work, whether it's in San Diego or at home at Dodger Stadium, and prove to them and show them, hey, cute story, this is cool and all, why don't you go play in your sandbox in the outfield again and let us go win a World Series title. So, All, all of that is fair and I, and I get it, but here's the way I look at this because I looked at the Dodgers coming into this season a lot differently than a lot of other people did. It's right. really hard in any sport to repeat as champions. It's really hard because you're getting everybody's best shot every time out and let's be truthful here. Some of the breaks you get in the previous year, you don't get those same breaks. They're There is luck involved in every single champion that's ever existed in professional sports. Who knows? You could run into a similar situation, but you're not playing the Braves and the history of Atlanta choking away leads. And maybe the Dodgers aren't even in a world series this year based on their down three, one last year, they were that close to not getting back to a world series. And, And God knows what the conversations would have been like for Dave Roberts and some of the other guys in that roster. Had they come up short again, trying to win a world series. I just look at this situation and I go, my thought going into the year was they're most likely the best team in Major League Baseball, but this isn't a runaway slam dunk. They're going to be the World Series champs, and I think a lot of people looked at it like that. So when you see a game like this or the fact that they are two games out on June 22nd, everybody looks at it and goes, well, wait a second. We've got to do something drastic. No, no, no. Maybe your expectations going into the season were more unrealistic than previously thought, and we've got to adjust what we expected from this team at this point in the season. That's the way I look at it, Fred. How's that for a breakdown? I mean, Buzzkill. Listen, listen, that's what I do, Fred. L- look, Buzz th- kill. listen, you are Steve Buscemi on Fargo, and I'm the wood chipper. Throw your ideas at me. Let me get a hold of them, Fred, and let me fire them bl- uh, blood and guts all out into the snow in North Dakota. And that's how we work, Fred. That's why we work so well together. <laughs>
1: all
2: right, uh, bottom of the hour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> play a little who dis. We'll give you the cue to call. Do it at about 1230. Uh, first caller in, Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air. You'll play Jonas and Ronnie today. When we come back, the big story in the NFL yesterday. But should it have been a big story? We'll try to figure that out.
0: San Diego, move on. We've come for the NL West. Lay low. In fact, lay down. You can either lay down now Or wait till September, when you inevitably will do it anyway. Good luck getting through, pal. Although you have been doing a pretty good job of laying down lately. Zing! Morongo Casino Dodgers on Deck kicks off at 6 p.m. on the home of your world champion, Dodgers. AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Bringing you LA's best sports talk, weekdays, noon to 3.
3: Rogan and Rodney.
2: Chat, money, penny dude. Got me in my Got it
1: Fred Rogan girl. along with Jonas Knox today yep. on AM570 LA Sports Our bottom of the hour, who's ready for who dis? You uh, do you think you'll perform better in who dis than you did yesterday?
2: Yeah, I think so because I can't perform worse than what I did yesterday. <laughs> that <laughs> that was well, it's yeah.
1: probably an accurate assessment there. Yeah. Well, we'll um, give you a crack at that coming up in about 10 minutes. Uh, so if you want to play, get ready to call. But uh, interesting story yesterday in the NFL. It made headlines. It seemed like uh, a huge story when it developed. Carl Nassib of the Raiders came out and said, I'm gay. And as it broke, and we all got alerts on our phones, Jonas. I know the people at Channel 4 were like, oh, my God, we've got to go with this.
2: Is it that big of a deal? I, I... I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, not not that it's not a landmark moment and he's the first openly uh, gay NFL player or active gay uh, NFL player that that has come out public. But I, I just I don't think that it's as big of a deal to NFL players or athletes as many people might expect, because I, you talk to enough guys, and they'll tell you that they've had a, a teammate who was gay or a teammate they've suspected being gay, and it's really not that much of a problem. Like I, it, This isn't the 1960s or 70s anymore where certain things are frowned upon, whether it's race, religion, you know, uh, sexual preference, whatever. I just think a lot of guys are more open-minded to it, and if you can play football and if you can make plays and you can help a team win – I mean, that's all that really matters to most guys. I, ju- I just, I don't think it was as big of a deal as a lot of people projected it to be.
1: Well, the man that's with the Raiders every day, our buddy Vinny Monsignor up in Las Vegas. Uh, Vinny, also a contributor to Going Rogan. Vinny, how are you today?
3: I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing?
2: Good.
1: Do- doing great. Okay, Vinny, here is the question. Was it that big of a deal?
3: Well, it was in a historical sense without question, and I think Jonas. Uh, summed it up perfectly. In that sense, it was uh, because he is the first, uh, you know, active NFL player uh, to openly come out as gay. Um, But in a bigger sense, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, And I think that that was, I think the reaction to it validates that part of it. Um, Congratulations, support, um, you know, uh, uh, the fact that he can now live his life on the terms that he wants to live it um, free and not hiding anything, um, there's tremendous congratulations and support for that. But Jonas is right. I mean, players—they—they they have had gay teammates uh, before, but also that, also family members, friends, colleagues, classmates, uh, every organization, uh, probably you know, they're everywhere. You any any um, uh, workplace, um, you see it on television. It's not. There's, you know, it's it's become normalized as it should, because it is. And I think that for all of those reasons over these last 15 years or so has made, you know, uh, what he did yesterday, while in a historical sense, big, but in an everyday sense, not really that big of a deal.
2: Vinny, do you think, and obviously you go to these games and you're on the sidelines or at these practices or whatever, I... I do you think there are you concerned at all that anybody is going to use this against him? Like maybe there's going to be comments made by an opposing team or there's going to be, you know, uh, d- jokes that are made or, or anything like that. Are you do you see any of that stuff happening? Because, look, in the heat of the moment, players say all sorts of crazy stuff. We hear it all the time. It's why you got to be careful who you mic up and who you don't mic up, especially in the NFL, with it being so physical and being such a violent game. Are you worried at all that there could be that happening to Carl Nassib moving forward when he goes to play a certain team, whether it's on the road or in training camp or in a joint practice or whatever?
3: I think that that's going to be closely, closely monitored. And um, will it happen? You know, uh, I can't sit here and say that it won't because like you said, in the heat of the moment, uh, things are sometimes said. I hope that that's not anything that's prevalent and it would be very, very isolated. What I do wonder about uh, and you guys know this all too well. Um, going to arenas, going to stadiums, the the fan reaction, and I'm sh- I'm sure from some fans uh, there will be things said, and I hope that gets curtailed too. I think we've gone a little bit too far in that regard, allowing fans because they have a ticket the ability to say whatever the heck they want. It shouldn't be that, and we're starting to see some pushback to it now. Um, and I would I would hope that if that ever does become an issue on the road or from fans, uh, that, that that gets curtailed as well.
1: It's going to be an issue. Not everybody is as evolved or open-minded yeah, or accepting or understanding. Now, the Raiders did know the organization knew he was gay, so it, it wasn't that big of a surprise for them, for him to come out and say that, right?
3: Yeah, it doesn't appear that they, that they uh, 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 didn't know, let's put it that way. But I don't know what the timeline is. Uh, on when everybody knew, or some people knew, I would imagine that, that some people suspected it. And it sounds like, you know, he, he this wasn't a, a surprise to the players and his teammates. They were already, uh, uh, you know, told uh, and informed about it. Um, so, you know, and and, and I I think the, the Raider organization, how they've handled it so far, Mark Davis coming out yesterday, I talked to him, you know, talking about, hey, it's 2021, this shouldn't be a big deal. And Mark said something that was really interesting to me too, you know, he owns the WNBA team here in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Aces. And he has daily interactions, you know, with his players uh, on on that side of things. And you know, it is fairly commonplace uh in the W W NBA and it's it's frankly nobody cares. Uh and it's why it's it's accepted in and the fact that no one pays any attention to it. Uh and he's learned a lesson about that. It's actually it's reaffirmed. His own belief that why are we making this a big deal? It shouldn't be a big deal. But to but the Fred's point, um, not everybody is as evolved as that, and I think that unfortunately we're going to see some of that lack of evolu- uh, evolution and uh, nuance and intelligence displayed from time to time, whether it be on the field against teammates or, 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 or you know uh, opponents or, or in the stands. And you're already seeing stuff on social media that just crosses some lines and. You almost have to account for that, and I'm sure he did, uh, but overwhelmingly, at least from the people that he should care about, friends, colleagues, uh, fellow peers, uh, it's been it's been wide amount of support.
1: All right, Vinny. Well, thanks for coming on. You were all over the story yesterday. We appreciate the time, as always. Thanks, Vinny. All right. You guys got it. Have a great day, you guys. You too. There he goes, Vinny Bonsignor, friend of the show, NFL Insider, covers the Raiders, and uh, He was on it yesterday. I mean, we actually had him on Channel 4 last night. We popped him on so we could talk about it. Yeah, I I think something to keep in mind, in California, not everybody, Jonas, but in California, when it comes to social issues, the state as a whole, not everybody in it, but is more evolved, I would say, than a majority of the rest of the country.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, look, I've you know I don't know where else you've lived. I know you lived uh, in in Arizona growing up, but yep. I spent time in the South in in Char- Charleston, South Carolina. That was my first uh, radio gig, and you know there's just things that happen there that are you kind of you just sort of like did a double take. Like I I can remember this like like it was yesterday. This was crazy. So. We had There was a thing called the Oyster Fest, and it was a big thing to where the first oysters off the coast of, of the waters on South Carolina, they have a big fest. It's like a chili cook-off, whatever, and they gather around. There's like 10,000 people there, um, and it was at this place, and we had a radio broadcast there. And I remember walking off and seeing this little plant on the ground and feeling it and just very naively asking my co-host, who had lived in South Carolina before, hey, this is weird. What is this thing? He goes, oh. That's a cotton plant. I was like, oh. He goes, Mike, wait a second. He goes, yeah. He's all, this is Boone Hall Plantation. And I started looking around, and it was like everything opened up, and there were old slave quarters that were there. There were oh, old, god, It's just... It's a different, because you've got remnants of that still there. Like, I had no idea. Like, it never even occurred to me. And so there is sort of an old-time feel in a lot of places in the country. And he is going to get, for as open-minded to your point as we are in California and a lot of places, and I think receptive to all of this, when they go on the road, somebody's going to get drunk, somebody's going to make a comment, and somebody's probably going to get kicked out, and there's going to be an issue at these games. But I think he's probably thought that through and probably understood what the ramifications could be.
1: All right. Who wants to play a little Who Dis? 866-987-2570. Call right now. You call. Kevin will pick you up, put you on the air, and you're going to compete with Jonas and Rodney. Rogan and Rodney Roulette.
2: Who is this guy? This is who I am. Who
1: is this guy? Who this? Back at it tonight, the Dodgers take on the Padres in San Diego. First pitch, seven ten. catch the action right here on AM570 LA Sports. NHD on the free iHeartRadio app. It's brought to you by Chef Merito Seasoning, the official seasoning partner of the Petros and Money Show. So, Jonas, last night I'm getting ready to do the live shots for Channel 4. And we did them right outside the hotel, and you had the stadium in the background. So we're doing the late shot now. And uh, we're in downtown Phoenix, okay? So you get a, an eclectic group of people oh, yeah. walking by late at night. Yep. So these two guys walk by. Um, I would put them maybe in their 50s, uh, and they are completely just just trashed. Oh, good okay. for them. Good for yeah. them. So they walk by, and they look at us, and they have absolutely no authority. And they say, uh, you got a permit to be here? Now, these guys have no authority. They are just a couple of guys that are completely whacked. And we go, yeah, we have a permit. The guy says, oh, okay, good. He walks up to me, he goes, you want a hit? He gives me his joint. I, no, I don't need it, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much.
2: Good for you, Fred. I, mean, I but, know. No, totally... but I mean, can
1: you imagine? Hey, you guys have a permit? Yeah, we have a permit. Oh, good. Hey, you want a hit? No.
2: Well, look, I, I mean... Fred, he wanted to make sure, you know. He he was. I think he was being very hospitable. He was trying. He saw, you know, an outsider. I mean, you've got this new look. I mean, I would say before the goatee, nobody's offering you a hit of the green wolf. That you know? was no,
1: yeah, the nobody... greatest grass.
2: <laughs> see right there, Fred. <laughs> like nobody's offering you a hit of the green wolf. They're not. They're not ha- asking you if you want to. You know, a hippie lettuce salad uh, be- <laughs> before the goatee. But they see you with the goatee, and they go, man. That guy's got an edge to him. We got to offer him up something good, and so we offered up the good stuff, man. I mean, I, I think that's a compliment, if anything, Fred.
1: Yeah, first time it's ever happened. Yeah, guy just walking by.
2: I mean, how that's was it. it though? I mean, now the, that we're on the topic, how was it? I, I, you know,
1: I you know what? I I, I don't do that, but I that did get a contact high. I got a contact high. Surprise. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, yeah, that I, I was. The greatest, yeah, grass. That
2: was moments afterwards, as you were rifling through the trash. <laughs> Fred, Fred was seen after the uh, after the report rifling through the the streets trash in in Phoenix, trying to find an old bag of Funyuns because uh, he just he couldn't handle himself after a little bit of that uh, a little bit of that smoke, a little bit of that herb. Oh
1: God, Matthew and Downey, are you there? I'm here. Are right, you ready to play Who Dis? Yeah, I'm ready. To, ready to win this, and never lost. Oh, okay, he's never lost. Well, great. Let's find out if you can do never it.
4: Played. Never played either. So I'm to All right. It. That counts. All right, you're
1: a virgin today, so let's get to it. Hey. And who dis? Hey, now. Hey. And who dis, hey Matthew? You, you just yell it out when you know it, okay? There are no restrictions. You don't have to wait.
2: Just for the sake of the game, can we call him A.C. Green, since you referred to him as a virgin? Is that fair, Fred?
1: Matthew, do you want to be referred to as A.C. Green, or do you want to be referred to as Matthew.
2: You can call me A.C. Graham. All right. That. All right. We should, call okay. Fre- we should call Fred A.C. Green after that uh, weed hit he did on NBC. That's what we should call yeah,
1: him. I, I did not hit the weed. All right, I did not smoke the weed, Jonas. Well, you it was, you know, it was Okay. Ron, are you ready? Afternoon, Fred and Jonas. Fred, are you all right? You want a bag of Doritos or something?
2: <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Come on, Fred. Some uh, animal-style fries from uh, In-N-Out.
1: <laughs> Here's your first one. Let's go. Yell it out when you know it. I was the 5th overall pick in the 2001 NFL draft.
2: Oh Jesus. Now is there let me ask you. Is there a theme here? Is this a local product? Is that uh, is that one of the rules?
1: Uh look, I am the quizmaster.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Here's your next clue. I was the NFL MVP in 2006 when I scored a league record LaDainian 31 touchdowns. Tomlinson. LaDainian Tomlinson is correct.
2: Uh Hey, AC, what's that. the matter?
1: I know. Well, uh, actually the Chargers on my team, so I'm like I'm a little ashamed
2: that I didn't get that one.
1: So. That's all right. That's okay. Maybe you'll get this one. And I will tell you ahead of time, this player is not on the Chargers. So
2: by the way, I was, at, I was at the game that uh, Ladanian Tomlinson broke the touchdown record, the single season touchdown record at Qualcomm. That yeah. that human outhouse that they had in San Diego. And I remember walking back over, there was uh what uh, there was a Chili's by the stadium and got annihilated after the game. I mean oh my god, bombed out of my mind, Fred. I mean, you know, nobody was offering me weed during a live hit and I wasn't in radio or working at that time, but you know, I think it was all was fair, you know, we're good here.
1: Well, after you were in the human outhouse.
2: Yeah, you have to. You gotta cleanse yourself.
1: Absolutely. Okay, I was the eleventh overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft.
3: Uh, Booker. I am. who? Uh, uh, Booker from the Sun. How about you? No. Devin, Devin Booker. Sorry.
1: I am a three-time NBA champion. Kevin
3: Durant. No good. Uh, he's,
1: he's number two pick. My bad. All right, but at least you're playing. I like it, Matt. AC. I'm sorry. Uh, I hold the NBA record for most points scored in a single quarter with 37.
2: Oh, Clay Thompson.
1: Clay Thompson is
2: correct. You wanna know how I know that, that last clue? How? Be- uh, because and by the way, it's it's funny you bring up Clay Thompson after what you were offered last night. You know? There's some rumors <sighs> about him. I'm just saying there's some rumors about him at Washington State. I'm just just trying to point that out. But sure. um, the only reason I know that Clay Thompson scored thirty seven in that quarter is because I watched that game because I had money on the under. And I literally watched money burn in front of my very eyes while Klay Thompson could not miss a single shot in that quarter. It was unbelievable.
1: Right. So what does that tell you about gambling?
2: That I'm terrible at it. Thank you. I mean, amongst many other things in my life, I'm terrible at it. we want to remind me of all my faults, Fred Rogan? I mean, come on now.
1: We don't have time.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right. I am a three-time NBA All-Star. I won the Rookie of the Year Award in 2018. Ben Simmons? Oh, you
2: got it. Way to go, AC. (laughs) It is funny now that you think about the criticism of Ben Simmons and you just listed off a couple of accolades of his, and it's like, oh, you know, maybe he's not the most terrible player in the world. No,
1: I would say not. Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of went south. Yeah. Developed a mental block. That's all. Got to work through it. Okay, I'm a four-time MLB All-Star. I have won two World Series titles. Albert Pujols?
0: No good!
1: In addition to excelling at baseball, I am a member of the Professional Bowlers Association. There you go, Jonas. There you go. Yeah. So here's where we're at. Jonas has three. AC, aka Matthew has one. Ronnie not on the board. Trying to make a comeback here, Fred. Okay. AC, you still got a shot at this thing. You can tie Jonas, but you gotta get another one, okay?
3: All right, gotta do it. All right, ready. All
1: right, let's go. I won two Super Bowl titles and one Super Bowl MVP in my Hall of Fame career.
4: Peyton
1: Manning. Uh, Aaron
2: Rodgers.
1: Peyton Who said Peyton Manning?
2: Me. Ronnie. Ronnie got it. How about that? I, I mean, you know, him being able to come back and get that correct after you called him Rodney before the intro uh, before the intro, You to cut that too, huh? I mean, just did unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that he was able to shake off the disrespect that was just thrown at him on AM570 LA Sports. That you called him Rodney instead of his name Ronnie. I, it's just, I, I think that's inspirational. I think he should be dubbed the winner based on what you did to him and how he came in sort of uh, feeling down on himself because his co-host, the guy that he makes sound good every single day, yeah. can not even get his damn name right.
1: Okay, well, first, apologies to Ronnie. And second, tough break. You're not getting the automatic win. (laughs) Apologies, but that's not happening. Old habits die hard. All right, here's the last one. Everybody be ready now. Someone may have mentioned this individual already. I was the 13th overall pick in the 2015. Devin Devin Booker's correct. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Matthew slash AC, your virgin outing proved to be pretty solid. And they're, they're often not that way, your first time out. So this is good for you.
3: Yeah, it was a good effort. I was uh, going to get some stiff competition today.
2: so Oh, very good. Good play on words there. Job well done. Who knew? <laughs> I see that. I caught that. Very uh, Very clever here.
1: All right, Matthew. We really appreciate you listening to the show. You have a great day.
4: Okay, thanks guys. Appreciate
1: you having me. Ned Colletti will jump on here at one o'clock. Also, Jonas, we do have to get into the worst jobs. We have to do yes. this. Yes. And I'm sure everybody's got a tale about their worst job.
2: Oh, how- Mine inv- Everybody. Inv- All right. I know you
1: were the clown at Chuck E. Cheese. I know you were the big rabbit or the big Chuck or whatever yeah, the, it was.
2: The, the rabbit, that's what it was, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mine involves urinals.
2: Okay. All right. That is a great tease. Fred in a urinal. And now another Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah.
0: Afternoon delight.
2: So- oh, shit. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, who plugged in uh, Fred's iPod? <laughs> Today's afternoon delight.
1: Is angles. <laughs> by Wale. Yeah, you guys thought I was going to say whale, didn't you? <laughs> Toilet. Washington, D.C. native, teamed uh-huh. up with Chris Brown, dropped this track late last week. It's his first release since his song Good Vibes dropped five months ago. 36-year-old released multiple singles as well as an EP last year, but has yet to mention when fans can expect his next full-length album. Again, today's the afternoon delight. <laughs> Angles, by Wale, featuring Chris Brown.
4: Yeah.
2: Nobody reads off a teleprompter on radio like Fred Rogan. I mean, just uh, a hey, professional.
1: You know, I ad-libbed that whole thing. I've been waiting all day for that. I'm such a big Wale Wale fan. People don't realize. They don't, they don't understand that I have an eclectic taste in music, Jonas. They just don't. And it's time they did.
2: I mean, listen. You know, guy offered you weed last night in Phoenix. I mean, like there's yeah. a, like we're learning more and more about Fred Rogan, and and the more that you let this facial hair grow, which which by yeah. the way, I mean, it, it really is a great look. I mean, I don't know. Well, what, that's very kind. What the hell took you so long? You needed a pandemic and the world to shut down so you could grow a little bit of facial hair. Well, it took. Well, you they so never long. would
1: let me in the past. That was the problem. Really? I tried. Yeah, I tried, and it didn't come in very well. And of course, the people rebelled and they said you can't do that. So this time. I tried again, it came in a little better, and they just asked me, they said, are you going to keep that? I said, yeah. They said, for how long? I said, for as long as I want.
2: Next stop is a tattoo, Fred. We got to get you a tattoo.
1: I can't get tatted up. I can't. Why not? I, I'm just not a tat guy.
2: I mean, but you, I think you could pull off a tattoo better than you think you could. I really do.
1: Yeah, what, what would you suggest I get as a tattoo?
2: Well, you know, there, there's a joke there, uh, I don't want to get fired, uh, so I would like to leave uh, that, uh, that off, the, uh, off the table, but I would say, what would be the, the perfect, I mean, first of all, you're the human cactus, I mean, we established yes. that yesterday, yes. uh, so, so I would say, you know, a cactus um, with your eyes in the middle of it, uh, and yeah, yeah, I would say right on, uh, left or right shoulder, <laughs> like, which is your strong shoulder, everybody's got a strong shy side, which is your strong shoulder, left or right? I'm not sure, I'll go right. Okay, what, what do you hold the mic with when you're doing a, a live broadcast?
1: Ambidextrous.
2: Okay. But if you had to go one way or the other uh, as far as which, which hand you use most often when holding a mic, and that sounded really uncomfortable now that I just said that. Uh, so, <laughs> so you're welcome, everybody, for the drop behind the scenes. Uh, but which, which hand do you hold the mic with, uh, Fred, more often than the other?
1: I would say I usually start in the right, but then put it in the left.
2: Okay, so I would say then you're probably a little bit stronger on the right, which means you don't need help to look any more buff on that side. So I would go left side. You know, I would add that uh, that cactus with your face on the center, uh, and then I would add, you know, some of your accolades. Uh, you know, the forty-plus years that you've been a broadcaster, all the awards yeah. that you've won. Uh, yeah. You know, like I, that. That, in fact, I would get it done on Going Rogan, uh, or do it here on AM five seventy LA Sports. Find a tattoo parlor. I mean, uh, there's there's plenty around. There's plenty of people listening that would offer up their services right now, probably free of charge. And next thing you know, the human cactus gets tattooed on the human cactus. I mean, I think it's yeah, wonderful. I-
1: I, I, so do I, but uh, I respectfully am going to pass. Okay. Well, listen, I tried.
2: I tried. For all you uh, struggling tattoo artists out there, just remember who it was that didn't try to deny you an honest living here. That was Fred Rogan, not me. I've got a couple of tattoos. Disrespectful, Fred. All right. And now,
1: From the Court to the Courtroom with Jacob M. Ronnie. Okay, time for our weekly visit with our buddy Jacob Ronnie And Jacob, how are you today?
4: Good afternoon, Fred. Good afternoon, Jonas. Happy Father's Day. Belated happy Father's Day
1: belated to you as well and jonas was just talking to me uh jacob you're pretty tatted up
4: right you got a lot of tattoos (laughs) yeah uh you know i know you know probably the tabs on jonas probably look better you know on the fact that you know i don't have a tattoo i think tattoos are uh you know are great it's got to look good on you i don't think i'm a tattoo uh you know i'm a tattoo guy
2: i mean now if you had to get one though I mean, if you had to get one. Fred wants to get a cactus. It's very bizarre. I don't know why he wants to. He called himself the human cactus yesterday. It's very puzzling. First of
1: all, I did not. Okay. Jonas called me that. And then Jonas said I wanted to get that that tattoo. Go ahead, yeah. Jonas. And
2: also, and, and Fred, you know, <laughs> also in the running right now, because, look, you don't just settle on a team name, uh, you know, when you're trying to pick something. you got to have other contestants. In the running right now is a marijuana leaf based on what Fred did in Phoenix last night, something he offered him weed during the broadcast. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I don't even want to was go, true. Yeah, that, is, that is a true statement. But, Jacob, if you had to go with one, are we going Lakers? Are we going uh, a championship trophy? Like, what are we doing if you had to get a tattoo?
4: Yeah, you know, I think if I had to get one, I'd probably get a, you know, Laker tattoo. I mean, you know, being the diehard that I am, you know, it's one of those things that I know that, you know, even years down the line I'd still look at it and, you know, feel very good about having it. So, yeah, I'd say a Laker tattoo would be the way to go. You know, speaking of that,
1: you heard Ty Lue's comments. Uh, Lakers are eliminated. Everybody, jump on jump on the train here and root for us. Root for the Clippers. We're all from L.A. Okay, as a proud partner of the Lakers,
4: what do you say to that? Here it goes. You know it's funny. Uh, you know the night that the Clippers were playing, uh, you know Game Six, I think it was down here. Uh, since my office is right across from the Staples Center, I was leaving my office, going to my car, and I, you know, ran into a couple of Clipper fans. And you know, I, I asked them. I said, "Hey man, you guys gonna do it?" And they felt pretty comfortable. And one of the guys said, "Hey man, you're the guy from the billboards. I listened to you on five seventy a.m. and can you give some love to our Clippers?" And those was like exactly his words. And you know, I kind of felt bad there, but. You know, when I got in the car, you know that bad feeling went away. Unfortunately, you know, <laughs> if, if you know, if you're if you're a true Laker fan, it's just difficult for you to be, you know, cheering for the Clippers. I mean, I'm, i I have to hand it to them. You know, they got to the conference finals. You got to give them their kudos and. You know, I appreciate how the players are playing, but just as a Lakers fan, it's just difficult to uh, you know cheer for the Clippers.
2: Okay, I, I have a couple of questions for you because I think this is this is always a fun discussion. If you weren't a Lakers fan, who would your NBA team be? And don't just say nobody. I wouldn't watch. If you weren't a Laker fan, who would you lean towards?
4: You know, I got to tell you, watching I'm actually watching the playoffs and I'm enjoying them. You know, at this particular moment, uh, you know, I like how the Suns are playing. I was enjoying how Dallas was playing, and you know, some of the listeners are probably saying, "Well, you enjoyed how Dallas was playing because they were playing against the Clippers, and now you enjoy how the Suns are playing is because they're playing against the Clippers." But. I don't think that's what it is. I just feel like it's nice to see some of these young stars that are making some real, real difference. I mean, Luca is just really just, you know, did an amazing job. And now, you know, watching what Booker's doing, I remember, you know, years ago, Kobe used to always, uh, you know, give a lot of accolades to, uh, you know, to Booker. And uh, you know he's just playing great. So you know I, I wouldn't really necessarily say that. Who would my team be? What you know? Who am I cheering for right now? I was actually cheering against the Nets. I'm glad they lost. Uh, I was cheering for the Bucks. And you know right now, you know I just I just feel like it's so exciting. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of how the, what the Hawks are doing against. You know, uh, what they did against Philly, again, another young star. So I think I'm just enjoying the playoffs and seeing these, uh, you know, favorites getting knocked off and some of these up-and-coming teams actually, you know, making a name for themselves.
1: All right, Jacob, when you come on every week, and uh, we love when you do, you always share something with our listeners to make them a little bit more informed. And uh, we know that if you get into any kind of accident, what's going to happen is the insurance company is going to call and ask you to give a recorded statement. and and they do it pretty quickly is that a good thing should
4: you do that no absolutely not and i think that's something that you know our listeners even you and jonas you know should take note of you know the first thing we think about when somebody calls us any insurance company wants to talk to us when we feel like we're not at fault for the accident we want to talk we're like well i got nothing to hide why shouldn't they record me and there's a number of reasons why they shouldn't record you number one when you're you know just out of an accident a lot of time you're confused you know the adrenaline's running maybe you're not feeling any pain and one of the first questions they ask you is how are you feeling are you injured and most people are going to say no i'm fine i just you know i just need to get my car fixed and when you say that they record that and in 24 hours or 48 hours later when the adrenaline starts to slow down, that's when the real pain comes out. And you've already gone you know, on a recorded interview or a recorded statement, and you've already given them something that they're gonna use against you. So that's number one. Number two, I'll give you a real live example of why you shouldn't be talking to you know, the insurance companies. A dear friend of mine was driving back from Vegas On Sunday, and she was in the car with her kids, and they were involved in a pretty bad accident. She got hit and got thrown into a light pole that fell on the car. Oh God! Yeah, pretty bad. And you know, they FaceTimed me, and it was on Sunday. I was looking, and you know, the 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 mom, you know, who's a friend of mine, was having conversation, you know, with the cops, and after that, with the insurance company, and they asked her what happened, and unfortunately, she's been going through some stuff. Her dad has been sick, and. The first thing she said, trying to be honest, is, you know what, I've just had my mind was preoccupied and maybe I wasn't paying attention. And just using those words, even though she wasn't at fault, it turned out to be, uh, you know, a a situation where the police officer actually put her at fault, gave her a citation, because in Nevada you get a citation. So that's why I want all the listeners to know that before you start talking to anybody please, you know, make sure that, you know, you get a free consultation. Let us walk you through the case. Let us tell you really what the law says, not what your emotions are telling you occurred in the accident. And I think that could keep a lot of people from, you know, getting themselves, you know, number one into trouble or sometimes making a case that really is in their favor turn out to be against them. Great advice, Jacob. As always, thanks for the time. We
3: look
1: forward to it every Tuesday. Me too, guys. Great talking to you and have a great rest of your week. You too. There goes our buddy, the best in the business, Jacob M Ronnie.